0: And we are back with another edition of the Daily Dots, and uh, I am joined today, <clears throat> once again. He's we, not out there battling thievery and crooks. Uh, the The brain trust, as I refer to him, Mister Chase Taylor, our head of research, is joining me today. Take another trip through uh, through this market. So, quick overview. Where are we at on the on the indexes, Chase? Uh,
1: so. S P closed down about 0.1. Um, the Qs were point 0.11. Uh Nasdaq proper at 0.14 is what I'm showing now with a little delay. Um, small caps up about a half percent. And the dollar up a smidge, about about point one, oil up about 0.18. and some more hopes and and Around OPEC mostly because today's uh, data there was not very good at all. Uh, the two-year yield was down nine basis points. Ten-year and thirty-year about five and a half basis points. So another great day for bonds and stocks flat.
0: You you uh, random one here, but we were just talking about uranium just getting absolutely hammered. It's up point seven percent already in after hours. Uranium. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I've been talking to some people today, trying to figure out what in the world is going on with it because there's really no news. Um, apparently, they have uh, new weekly options available, and they've been getting some pretty decent size, according to our pal the blind squirrel. So maybe that's messing with the flows a bit, but who knows.
0: Uh, another interesting thing on rates, I continue to be interested by what I'm seeing in rates and the stark contrast we're seeing in the markets. What have what we, we pulled back in the last week and a half? We're saying like 30 bips now on the 10-year?
1: Uh, the last three weeks was 37 basis points, so pretty, pretty big.
0: Yeah, but the last, last week and a half have been the most aggressive. And the stock market is effectively flat over the last week and a half. Uh, maybe up a little bit. But what I'm saying is that trend, right? That trend of rates going down and stocks loving it. And every time rates up, stocks down and rates it's up.
1: It's, it's It started to mute a little bit on the – it's not getting every basis point of love anymore. That's for sure.
0: No, not at all. And uh, some interesting moves too in the underlying bonds. Um, two years, the two-year looks to be breaking out.
1: Yeah, two-year futures absolutely breaking out. Um, and two of the uh, ETF vehicle – Uh, as of this week putting in a breakout
0: the only thing that concerns me about that is i think that like we were alluding to that makes me feel like that's the whole um yeah why ackman trade right like oh the fed's gonna cut
1: right and cut soon
0: and i just don't see that yeah i don't see a first quarter cut i just don't see it
1: it would have to it would have to get real bad to get a first quarter yeah yeah and obviously if the wheels fall off and unemployment rates four and a half sure they'll cut but
0: now, I think I think what you could say it's a
1: lot to ask for Mar- through March,
0: and I'm horrifically biased because this is by far our biggest position. But what what I will say though is that it would make some sense, especially when you're looking at the economic data. When we're looking at it, you you went through the base book. I think you got some s- series of comments to make there. But um, and and again, I could be talking to my book here, seeing what I want to see. If the bond market started seeing a not soft landing this would this would be what you'd expect to see
1: yeah exactly i think i think there's a whiff of that starting to enter the market where people are like wait a second like are, i think the 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 probabilities of a hard landing in some people's minds has is, is gone going from 0 to say 5% in the last 2 or 3 weeks i, I think that's fair to say
0: and it's it, again man i and it could be a head fake i you and i were talking about I, again on most of it, the magnitude I don't think is a concern. What I just don't understand how anybody's not paying attention to the consistency of it is remarkable, right? Like we, meaning you're just seeing the same thing over and over and over, which is weakness. You and you it, it just it, it seemingly picking up pace. I mean, and it's just so consistent. Whether we're talking about listening to company conference calls whether you're talking about comments that were made uh right. you know PMIs PMIs I mean it's all just very consistent and none of it says no landing or soft landing it's all pointing yeah, in the opposite really direction now the one thing i do want to say and and i think that this is
1: it definitely know, doesn't say early cycle
0: <laughs> no oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, i i don't get how you glean that from that but you know hey that's why there's a market right um, what it does make me think about, though, is the, is the show that we did with cuppy You and I did it, and you and I. I don't think we've talked enough about it on this, on the Daily Dots, or on our stuff. But one of the things that you and I have been saying all along, and I think that this is something that, you know, if you're like us and you're looking at leading economic indicators, you're just like, uh so this doesn't match what you guys are what you're doing over here. Um, you know, I think the one thing that we got to remember, I was, I, I was. Doing a little mental exercise this morning and thinking back to oh eight oh nine and in oh eight oh nine, the great financial crisis equated at the end of the day at the end of the day to a GDP decline. I think GDP contracted somewhere between like three five or three eight somewhere in that in that neighborhood, right? And that was a sixteen trillion dollar economy. So you do the quick math on that, you know, you call that like a six hundred billion dollar contraction, something like that, right? Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah, it's $550, $600 billion contraction. We're running $2 trillion deficits, right? Like that's the only – and we were talking – you and I were talking about the, that this morning. This was basically Cuppy's argument. I, I think everything is screaming recession. The only thing that gives me pause is you've got deficits. Even if you adjust them for the fact that, that, that the economy has doubled – Okay, so if you, affect, you just for that, you're still looking at deficits running at twice the amount the economy contracted in the GFC. To get, I just think that's a good way to put some perspective on how much money is being spent. Yeah, it is a lot, and that that really is the only. I, I think that's kind of the only fly in the ointment to the recession story. I mean, I think that's the only thing that could derail it. I, I think that the I think that the countervailing winds and pressures will win out on the recessionary side, right? Um, but I would not be gobsmacked if that wasn't the way it played out.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to have a significant drag on growth whenever you're, whenever you're essentially printing two trillion a year via fiscal. There's just no, no doubt about that.
0: Yeah. I, it's, that's the, I think that's the one caveat that everybody needs to keep in, keep in mind. Um, but I will say the other one that we got to talk about precious metals, uh, I think it 's probably too early to say gold is breaking out, but it sh- if it is breaking out, this is what it 'd look like
1: yeah, I mean tomorrow 's going to be the end of the monthly candle for the monthly chart and barring a pretty, like a really nasty move lower it, it it will to me be a breakout and same same for silver so um it looks like we 're there, but at the same time, every time we get to this these kind of levels, I definitely get afraid um But usually if I don't buy it, it keeps going. And if I do, it stops. So just to be safe, got to buy. it.
0: I'm looking at – now this isn't inflation adjusted, of course. And this is not a good enough chart here. But from my rough quick chart I just pulled up on Google while we're sitting here recording, I and again, it could be missing something. But on the chart, it's showing previous all-time closing high for GLD was 185. Today it closed at 189.
1: Nice, yeah.
0: So, and I know, I, I think the, I, I can't remember what the previous. Yeah, I was looking at
1: futures earlier today. So,
0: well, well yeah, what was the previous all-time closing high on the futures? You remember?
1: Uh, I don't. I, I didn't. We were like neck and neck with it as far as a daily close today. We we're putting in the best weekly and best monthly close as of tomorrow, but as of today, um, it was. No kidding, neck and neck with the best the best daily close ever on gold futures.
0: Okay. Yeah. So like I said, I, I think it's a little too early to say it's a breakout, but man, it's flirting. Yeah. Um, and this would be a- and
1: it. And it has a lot of tailwinds. I mean, so.
0: It gets it, back to the whole $2 the, the, trillion. Dollars.
1: <laughs> the story's there for it to keep, to keep working for sure.
0: Yeah. Especially in this environment, you know? Um, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. dollar
1: down, rates down is... And 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 economy. It, if you're going to start a cutting cycle, like and yeah, just it all it all works. Yeah. Not to mention all this all the central bank buying that is really pushing the demand side.
0: Okay, so now getting back to what we were going to talk about, uh, I don't know. Do, did you have anything else other than the beige book before we get into the beige book? Was there anything else you want to hit on?
1: No, I think that's it.
0: All right. Well, let's go over the beige book then. What do you and and to summarize the beige book, guys? The beige book beige book is basically a collection of anecdotal uh it, it's probably not good to say it's anecdotal because uh, it's,
1: that's that's usually the way, the way they refer to it
0: okay well yeah but i mean i it's a little bit academic
1: more academic anecdotes call it yeah cuz i mean professional it, ones
0: be, yeah cuz they're getting them directly from the source of the people that run these companies and these districts and these areas and stuff like that so it is anecdotal but not really um but anyway it gives you it's the contextual part of the fed data do you think that's fair to say yeah it's,
1: it's, and and what I, what I, what i'll add to that too is that so we, we've talked a lot. I mean, even yesterday, we talked about data quality kind of deteriorating of late and it, the fact that data quality deteriorates during turns. I, to me, like one of the best things to do whenever you can't rely on the data as much as you're used to, well, go go look at anecdotes, especially the well-curated ones that the Fed does in a beige book. Um, so I, I, I find myself paying more attention to like the comment section on PMIs and then the beige book. And I want the anecdotes right now because I know the data might mislead me for a few months. Um, But it was, to me, it was pretty notable. And this, this looks nothing like, you know, 5.2% GDP or anything like that. When you read through it, Um, I'll I'll just, I'll just read off some of the highlights. So first of all, on balance, economic activity slowed since the previous report with four districts saying modest growth, two were flat, and then six Mm -hmm. were saying declines. Mm -hmm. So, if you kind of use a diffusion of all the districts, you have more declining than going up and, and then going through each district, the ones that were saying things, you know, that they were expanding a little bit. uh, Most of them had some pretty negative comments. So even they don't look to be that good. Um, They're saying nationally, consumers showed more price sensitivity, uh, manufacturing outlooks, weakened, demand for business loans, decreased particularly real estate. Um, Banks were noting slight uptick in consumer delinquencies Commercial real estate activity continued to slow. Office stayed weak. Multifamily activity softened. Several districts noted a slight decrease in residential sales and high inventories of available homes, higher inventories. The economic outlook for the next 6 to 12 months diminished over the reporting period, so month over month. Um, As far as the labor market goes, demand for labor continued to ease. Reduction in headcounts through layoffs or attrition were reported. And some employers felt comfortable letting go low performers. That that's notable. You haven't really seen much of that. You've seen like, you know, hiring slowing down, but not not much talk of like, oh, people are letting people go now. So that that really jumped out to me. Uh, Many described easing in wage pressures, and several reported declines in starting wages. So so the wage situation continues to melt. Um, Boston, as a district, reported. Uh, activity was down. New York said activity continued to weaken. Uh, Philadelphia said c- continued to decline. Wage and price inflation subsided, subsided significantly. Uh, St. Louis said ec- economic activity had slowed since the last report. Retailers and freight transport contacts reported slowing consumer demand, particularly for high-end goods. Construction activity slowed with multifamily, in particular, seeing projects delayed or canceled due to higher rates. Cleveland said contracted more uh, after a long period of stability. Accompanying slower business activity, labor demand eased further. Employers reported returning to more normal wage increases and schedules. Minnesota said that um, economic activity was down. Consumer spending flat and shoppers sought low-priced options while construction and manufacturing sectors both face challenges uh richmond was like i think the the only one that i thought was just clean and like didn't really have a problem but that's dc so what do you expect um (laughs) kansas city economic activity declined slightly consumers were increasingly likely to share a roof and share meals to manage household budget challenges i found that notable share roofs and meals um Atlanta was one of the ones that grew a little bit, but they said labor markets cooled, wage pressures eased, some non-labor input costs, mostly in construction, decreased, and retail sales softened. Uh, Dallas expanded at a slower pace than in previous reporting period. As growth in services stalled out, retail and home sales fell, and loan volumes declined at a faster rate. Job growth softened, and wage growth continued to normalize. Outlooks worsened and uncertainty remained elevated in numerous contacts, citing geopolitical instability and high interest rates as headwinds. So that one sounds brutal, even though they said, "Hey, we expanded a little bit." Um, Chicago said consumer spending and construction and real estate activity decreased, and manufacturing was down. And then uh, San Francisco didn't sound that bad, but they but they were one of the ones that actually softened a little bit. So that that's not a lot of positive reporting. Um, on the anecdotal side and it's you know that's that's broad nationally outside of outside of D.C. the well, Richmond north of Richmond north of Richmond if you will
0: yeah yeah it's that, that it's the one area of the country that hasn't gone into recession in like 40 years or something. Like that. <laughs> shocker uh, <clears throat> it gets back to the two trillion dollar deficit discussion yep. it's a hey, it's boom time in D.C. It, baby it, exactly and um, in, in this I, I, all of that I think backs up kind of our outlook which is Look, the numbers aren't abysmal right now, Um, but this whole story of this economy that is so hot and so strong, it doesn't even care and rates are going to have to go way higher. And I, I, I mean the slowdown you're seeing quarter to quarter is dramatic in terms of the growth rate at this point. Now, we'll have to end up seeing what the growth rate is. I gotta be honest with you though. I I wouldn't bet on this. I don't think it's an odds-on favorite. But I would also not be shocked if the growth rate was zero to maybe a fraction negative from last year year-over-year year, for the fourth quarter. I, w- I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't. You only need a couple bad data points to really get there at this point. You're at. Yeah. I think the Atlanta Fed's at two point one right now. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could do that could happen in a hurry. I mean, it could juice back up too, but yeah,
1: that's yeah, very true.
0: But man, I, with, I just, you I, you know, I've, I've been doing, I haven't been doing this for multiple decades or anything like that, but we've been doing this for a long time. I, I cannot recall a period of time in my career other than 08, 09, where the leading economic indicators and so much of the economic data, not, not horrible. Again, I want to emphasize yep. this, but is so synchronized right? I mean, usually it's like, well, do we trust these six things that match or do we trust these three or four? You know what I mean? Usually there's a, a balance, but it's kind of a picking game right now. I mean, when you just, you know, I, I, I think the data speaks for itself. It's just, it's all softening and it's softening at a pretty good clip right now. And, and I think it's just silly to think that the fed, I mean, if, if look, you, you, when a guy's making a full court basketball shot, you're not going to bet the house he can't make it, you know, but you're going to bet him a grand, yeah. you know what I mean? And I kind of feel like that's where we're at with, with the fed right now. Like, I don't think anybody's realizing what a Titanic, uh, <laughs> and it may not even be possible actually. It probably isn't. I think we give the fed way too much credibility in terms of their impact. I mean, I, they have an impact. I'm not saying they don't, it's a huge impact but I don't think the plunge protection team is determining what price the market should be trading at or what the multiple should be or anything like that, right? But what I do think is silly is to believe that the Fed knows exactly what increment to push on the gas to get us precisely to 2% inflation and stop right there.
1: Yeah, that's not, they're always tragically bad at that.
0: Yeah, I, and and I'm not sure that any group of people would be a whole lot better on a consistent basis anyway.
1: Yeah, especially with, you know, at, at this point, what looks like, a two-year lag. I mean, good good luck <laughs> getting your timing, right? When you're when what you do it doesn't work for two years.
0: Yeah, but I, and that's why I just I, and again I I you know wish we had him here. and wish we could ask him and wish he was on. What is it? Sodium pentothal? Is that the truth serum? Isn't that what they do? No, people? I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, I to give Powell and sit there and ask him these questions. But, um, looking at the way the last couple of years have gone, I, I would just. Now I think that there's an election year next year, so I think that's going to stay their hands somewhat. But I, I just think that they're going to be hard pressed to really push on the rate cuts too hard too early. I mean i I think if it, I think it's fair to say, and I, I could be wrong, but I think it's fair to say, I gotta believe that their biggest fear is cutting too much too early.
1: Yeah, and I, and on that point, like I. They took the elevator up this time with rate hikes. I think they'll take the stairs down. I think they're going to try and twenty five bit per per meeting. You know, historically they go they do it the other way. They'll do you know, big 50-75 basis point cuts and then and then only raise twenty five at a time. I think it's gonna be the exact opposite this time. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be they're gonna be scared of their own shadow. Yep. Um. Well, one thing I wanted to add actually from the data today, uh, GDP was revised up from four nine to five two. I thought it might get revised down. Because I thought there was a really good chance consumption would get revised lower. Well, it did. It got revised from four percent to three point six. Wow! But business investment got revised up so much that it overcame the consumption pullback and like even pushed GDP higher. Yeah, it's AI. No, I, I, I don't. Th- it's possible that it's just so much money getting spent on that stuff. But, but if you look um, at the capex intentions. Of all of the regional Fed surveys, that just kind of average it all, blend it all together, and smush it into one thing. It's going, it's like at the moment going negative, which is all, pretty much always. It's one of those like really reliable recession indicators. And this was, you know, sky high a couple of years ago, like all time high a couple of years ago, and it's about to go negative. So that tells me the thing that just juiced Q3 GDP might be falling off a cliff. So. Just, just notable to think that all this business investment and business capex that we've seen looks to be melting at these, you know, rate levels and and banking conditions and everything. So it, as long as cons- consumption continues a bit of a downtrend, and we did have a good, you know, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, but if that... People just pick up kind of where they left off with the trend of retail sales falling. You're losing consumption and business investment. You know,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because you and I were talking about this. And uh, somebody else asked me, well, what did you make of the Black Friday numbers? And I sat and thought about it and I was like, you know, they're probably – they're higher than I would have thought they would have been. I just think that that kind of number – and you and I discussed this at length. Uh, I just think it's so noisy. Meaning, you, you you were gonna you're and you're gonna have higher online shopping next Black Friday, right? Next year, just because of the merger of time as more and more commerce moves online. I mean, it, it, that's gonna happen.
1: And the denominator is going down, so it's not right. Just for inflation,
0: right? It's not just for inflation. Then on top of that, which is a big one, that, that's a pretty good point you made up made right there. Yeah, factor that in. We we're probably running at five percent CPI over the average of the last year. So pretty small growth there. But then the other side of it too is more buying on Black Friday could just as easily signal weakness as it could strength. If people looking for maximum right. bargains.
1: I, I feel I feel like our our family budget is tighter than it was let's say a year ago. And we bought a lot on Black Friday, but that's because we waited and waited and waited so that we could get the deals and we only pulled the trigger on the stuff that was, you know, 40 plus percent off.
0: Is this where we get into like a, a raise discussion?
1: Yeah. Like let's do it right now on the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's pressuring me here,
0: folks. You heard it first. It's
1: not your fault. We went from a 2.75 to 5.75% mor- yeah. mortgage.
0: Yeah. That hurts baby. That squeezes. Uh, no. So, and, and my whole point is saying, I, I, I also don't try to explain that one away. I just, my approach to that one was, I don't think no matter how the number comes out, you can use it as bullish or bearish. The number came out is where it did. I still feel the same way. I just think, especially at this point in the economy, right, where if we're right and we're headed into a recession, but we're just kind of like a month, a month and a half into the aggressive downturn part of it, I wouldn't expect it to really show up in that kind of data anyway. But anyway, point is, it's so noisy. I don't think it matters. I think it's a throwaway down. Yeah, it,
1: it was It was definitely stronger than I expected. I think that's, it's noteworthy, but it only matters if it, it becomes a trend and not just like a good weekend.
0: It, I, I think at this point, it's an impossible number to contextualize. It,
1: that's very true. Yeah. Cause we spend a bunch way more than we normally do, but, but you know, we're trying to go broke saving money.
0: Exactly. Well, Hey, there you go, man. Uh, I think that's the, that's the new American way. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to get to any data points, any news coming up the rest of the week?
1: Uh, tomorrow, uh, personal income, personal spending, that'll be a big deal. And obviously jobless claims, which, um, kind of, kind of went, went up, Uh, back down a little bit last week i kind of expect those to recover and be back near those those recent highs uh this week but we'll see
0: especially in this market the other thing i'd say and you and i are doing this too uh the headline number is one thing and then you know seeing what that number is revised to is a whole different number that's why i think that at least right now i think jobless claims of course if we're right we should expect to see if we if this is the beginning of a recession we should expect to see those numbers picking up at some point before the end of the year I would think, wouldn't
1: you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so so far we just had hiring really slow down. We haven't had the you're fired portion of this, but if you're going to have a recession, you got to get that part.
0: Well, but this is also the, one of the most seasonally strong parts of the year for hiring, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and we do know that 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 was like not as strong as as previous.
0: Uh, no, I would that was shocking.
1: So before. yeah,
0: like holiday hiring was down like thirty five or forty percent, something like that.
1: And what gets me is you look at just some of the, like the employment. <laughs> look at uh well first of all manufacturing we, we've been in a manufacturing recession and we've basically lost no manufacturing jobs we obviously haven't sold many houses and there are tons of people still employed in in um selling real estate uh there's a there's way more truckers than there were in 2019 despite a trucking recession like you obviously construction jobs are i mean just on they're on the moon so like you see all these different sections of the economy where like you did or of employment where you just feel like uh, that might be in trouble like can healthcare jobs keep keep doing well and can leisure and hospitality kind of you know stay high i I think yes but can construction and truck drivers and real estate people Mm, i don't think so
0: yeah you know what kind of feels like i think a good analogy at least for me sitting here today is your kid just ate one of those like five pound bags of like fun size Snickers and you're watching them zip around the house and you're like, we got it, we got it. They got ADHD and you're like, no, no, just give it 40 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like that's where we're at, where everybody, the corporations obviously thought this is a new permanent state of the consumer, which blows my mind. Yep. But I'm hearing that from so many different places. Right.
1: And, and look at all the ships we built to ship stuff around the world. like. Yeah.
0: And you're like, guys, don't, this is this is fiscal stimulus spending this is this isn't normal economic spending yeah. anyway I, I i keep open the i keep open the the potential that we're wrong i just still can't get there um anyway we've gone over yep thank you guys for joining us that was a little more contextualization than normal but we will be back again tomorrow with market updates and any important news that comes out i hope you keep taking this journey with us you're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com.